Okay, you can have your seat. Um, about two weeks ago, I began to teach on the purpose of marriage. How many of you remember? Mr. Solo, you're welcome. At least there's a seat for you here. There's a seat here. Amen. I began to teach you about the purpose of marriage. Who has his or her nose here? You have your nose here? Hey, you have your nose on the purpose of marriage. And you have raised your hand. <laughs> ah. You have yours? Okay, so can you tell us some of the things that I said? Hey, I'm waiting on. They should have one vision because it usually okay. What else? You look into your, your nose. Eh? You are not a good student. Every good student looks inside the nose and answers questions in class. Oh. Yeah, it is Africa that you know they will look inside the book, then they will look aside and answer so that the teachers say, I call you a shark. No, <laughs> amen. Uh huh. What else did you write? Uh -huh. That's why he created marriage. Okay. The next one is in life, your prosperity is dependent on the woman who you marry. So, why have you left the chair in front? That's why Christians don't get blessed. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. And you said the woman is a help to you. Okay. The next one is for marriage to continue, mm -hmm. there must be a similar agenda or purpose. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. All right. Now, uh -huh, okay, yeah, Bishop is talking. <laughs> it's Alex part of the shepherds. Yeah, shepherd Alex. Uh -huh, let's hear you. <laughs> Three things people don't leave when they marry. Eish. It was part of the rules. And you didn't say yours. Hey. Finances. Uh -huh, what do you mean by that? Uh-huh. Yes. In the area of your finances. Uh huh. Okay. Point two. What's your point two? From. Okay. Okay, point three. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's confusing us. Point three. <laughs> Point three, uh huh. Point three. Alex, point three. Their childishness. Uh huh. They, they, yes, that's true. Okay, but okay, that's fine. Okay. Hey. Now, we have the audio already, so let's go and listen to it again. Oh. 
and understand what we what I taught. So today I'm teaching on the purpose of marriage part two. Now, um, specifically speaking, by being specific, there are about six purposes of marriage. There are six fundamental purposes of marriage. That is, specifically speaking, if we want to point out some of the reasons why people marry or some of the reasons why God ordained marriage, we will find about six points that show us why there's marriage. Are you with me? Now, ultimately speaking, now, by saying ultimately speaking, we are talking about the fact that at the end of it all, when we put all these six together, there's one specific reason why there is marriage. And that ultimate reason is to fulfill a divine assignment. Okay? Now, this is not point one. Oh. This is if we summarize all the points together. There is a divine assignment for marriage. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I think that was our main scripture when we talked about the, this thing the other time. And the Lord God, are you there? 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. It is not good. Now, last time I told you that this, by the time God was saying this, God was with the man. <laughs> God was with what? God was with the man, and God is saying that it is not good for the man to be alone. And that was why the other time I said that God is not enough. Where's my small puppet? God is not enough. If God were to be enough, there won't be marriage. And the one who created man is standing and he's saying that it is not good. Hey, I mean, God is the one saying it is not good for the man to be alone. If it were to be AFS, somebody say, hey, these pastors, false prophets who have come. They're trying to say that God is more important. This thing. I say that God is everything we need in this world, though. God is saying that it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good. Somebody says it's not good. Therefore, the solution to this badness, because you say it is not good, so it is bad. Is it true? So the solution to this badness is this, that I will create a helper meets for him. I'll create what? Now, before I begin to take you through the purposes of marriage, I want to first of all outline something to you right now. Um, the three ways of, um, the three ways people get married is something I want you to note before I begin to teach on. The three ways of getting married. The first way of getting married married is through the civil means or what we call the civil marriage the civil marriage now the civil marriage is the kind of marriage ordinance that is ordained by the law by the laws of the states the laws of a country the laws of a, a, a municipality or a district or the law is the kind of marriage that is ordained by the law. Now, it is the marriage that is done in the court. Okay? 
Now, in, in legal matters, when issues begin to rise up, let's say you want to travel, you want to, you know, something has happened, your husband is dead or something, your wife is dead, you want to take a property and then, legal, I mean, there's a court case or something, they will have to demand that you bring a, a legal document that proves that the two of you are what? Are married. Now, when you don't have the civil marriage, you cannot lay claim of your husband's anything or your wife's anything. Do you understand? Don't say my English is not good, so you, you won't understand. No? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, the legal or the civil marriage is done by the law. It's done by the court. Now, when I was prepared to marry, marry I had to go and go through the the civil marriage. Now in Ghana, you have to first of all go and ask for, uh, uh, what do we call it? What's the word? Yeah, a court order to, to give you 21 days for, maybe in case someone, maybe you, you are already married to someone. It could be that you are married to someone you want to marry again. And in, in the laws of the country, legally, you are not supposed to marry two wives. Civil, uh, in terms of uh, the legal means. So they give you 21 days or perhaps you have a child with someone or you are already going out with somebody else, and you have taken the person's money and gone to school. Hey, are you with me or you have gone home? <laughs> You've taken the person's money and gone to school and now you have run away to go and marry somewhere. So the person can come to the court and say that this person promised me marriage, took my car and took my house. And now I just, so the court will now say, no, you have to, you have to settle your differences. If not, we are not sealing up this marriage you want to, you, you want to get. So you have to go and solve all that. And that's why when you are getting married in the court, they ask you if there's any reason why the two of you cannot get married. Or they ask, is there no one here? But these days they don't do that because they already gave you 21 days notice for you to come and say that there is a reason why these two cannot marry because this person have dated this person for 17 years. Hey. Now that's a civil marriage. Okay? Now the second one is the customary marriage. The customary marriage. Or the, mar the traditional marriage. Now in Ghana we have traditional marriages which, which we call engagement. Hey. <laughs> Somebody say, <laughs> But the word is not engagement. It's traditional marriage. It is marriage. It's not an engagement. The engagement is actually the one, the first time you come with your father. Are you listening to what I'm saying or you don't want to hear what I'm saying? Now, when you see a nice damsel, okay, like when I first met a nice damsel like Lady V, <laughs> and I said, hey, I've seen some flower here. <laughs> now I'm going to tell my father. Then I go to the house with my father. And we say, you know, hey, we are just coming to say hello and then we've... Um, you, you know, your daughter, my son says that he has found your daughter. So that's fine. Then they, they now say they, they are giving us the list. So the day we go to the house and they agreed for the marriage, that's where we are engaged. It's that day. Hey. Are you listening to me or you have gone home? So it's that day that the, the, the engagement has taken place. The one we go and we send all the food and the this thing and the drinks and the... the and the other things, no. That one is not engagement. It is traditional marriage. It is marriage. You can do that one and finish. 
You can do that one and say, I'm done with every other thing. I'm done. No church, anything. I'm done. I'm married. You'll be there. Now, you can do that one and that's when you go and fire your wife. Hey. And nobody, even Jesus will clap his hands for you and say, wow, you have done one. You have, done one. You have not sinned. You have not done anything. Because you have married your wife by the traditional means, by going to see the family, and they have said, we need this to become a seal that you have married our daughter. Do you see that? Uh-huh. So that is the customary marriage, and every custom have different, different, I mean, um, societies have different ways they do their customary marriages. When you go to the north, you come to the, this part of the country, the, they, you go to the south, you go to Accra, they have different ways they do their traditional marriages. Are you with me? Now, um, I will say something soon. The last one is the church marriage. The church marriage. The church marriage. Now, the church marriage is when the, the couple decide that they are going to get married in the church. In the church. And they stand before the altar and a pastor stands before them. I pronounce you husband and wife. Now you may kiss your bride. All those things. Now, that is the church marriage. Are you with me? Now, when you go to the Western world, look, not, not, let's say, let's go, let's, when you go to UK, you go to America, you go to Australia now. Um, okay, there are a lot of, like if you go to the US, they have, if you go to places like Hawaii, those people, they are Chinese people, but they are living in the US. They are Chinese American people. Okay, they are some way. They have, they have traditions, but we're talking about this, you get the, 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 what I mean. Now, they don't have all these kinds of, they don't have these three ones we have in Africa. Now, in that part of the country, you, you, when you start going out with the lady, you just take, one day you take the, the, take the lady or the guy to your parents for dinner. So the guy will take the lady to his parents for dinner. They have dinner together. Then they ask questions. Then if they are okay with it, you can begin your marriage preparations. You see that. Then the lady also go and see um, the parents, and so that's nice, that's nice, we're okay with it. So then they just proceed to the legal marriage. Now, they, in that part of the country, even here we can do that, you can have just, just the, they can go to the court and get married in the court, take their pictures and they're done. Or they can get those places, they have a lot of people who, who bless marriage. They are not pastors per se, but they are um, counselors and they are, they, 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 Lawyers and people who can bless marriages. So you can even have a small um, wedding on the roof of your house <laughs> with seven people, your parents and a few people. Then when you are done, he just gives you there's a court document. They come from the court to come and do you just sign and they give you a marriage certificate. You are done with your marriage. Okay? Now, the reason why marriage is complex and difficult, it is difficult to marry in Africa is because we do all these things. Is it not true? Now, to get married in the court, you spend about 500 cities to get married in the court. This is that. Now, when you are done, it depends on the family. The traditional one too, your clothes, their contasekai and everything. If you are marrying a bono and a sante, or maybe a fante, or even a gun, you should know that by the time you are done with the traditional two, your 3,000 is done. 
So let's add that to our distance. Now, if you are married, I find you about 8,000. I just saved you. So let's just assume 5,000 Ghana cities. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have 5,500 Ghana cities plus the court one. 5,500 cities. Now, you also want to do a church wedding. Africans, that's what we are for. We are just funny people. <laughs> now, you also do a church wedding. Don't you do a church wedding? How much is a gown? You buy a gown. So that one too, you have about 5,000 going down. Do you see that? So by the time you are done, court marriage, traditional marriage, church marriage, you have your 15,000. That is if you are poor. Or you want to reduce your expenses. Are you, are you with me? There are people that get married, and by the time they get married, they have laid down about 20,000, 30,000 cities. And there are some moving reach about 100,000 cities. <laughs> now, the, I'm saying that the reason marriages are complex in this part of the country is because we do all these three. But you can do, you can, in, 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 now let me show you why you need to do any of them or do the three. Now, the first reason you do the civil one is because of the legal issues. Like, if I want to, like right now, if I want to travel with my wife or I go to the U.S. and I have to bring my wife, they will ask me to produce legal document, if not, she's my friend. But the moment I show that this is my wife, in a, there's a document that shows that we are married. Now, the government will have to do anything that it takes to bring that person. If I'm even sick and maybe they don't have to give a visa, they have to force to give a visa because she's my wife. Do you see that? But if I am just married traditionally, in the sight of God, I'm married. Traditional, I'm married inside of God. Do you see that? But I cannot have certain privileges by the law. Okay, and that is why it is mandatory in this era, in this time, for you to have the civil marriage. Now, the two most important ones are the civil marriage and the traditional marriage. They are the two most important ones. The reason you do the traditional marriage is because of Africa. Africans, we do the traditional marriage. That if you don't come and see the family and they do that one, they still don't see that you are, somebody will say, I have to let my daughter go. If I don't let my daughter go, you are not married. So in Africa, you, the, the most important ones are the civil ones and the what? The traditional marriage or the customary marriage. So that you understand. So that you don't say traditional means that you are going to call the gods of the land. No. You are talking about the, the customary marriage. Are you with me? Now, because we are Christians, sometimes we advise people that, oh, you can also have a, 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 a church one. But that one is not that important. It's not that important. Now I'm a preacher and I'm saying it. Okay. If somebody who was not a preacher has said it, you'd have said, oh, Charlie, um, yeah, you know, um, these people, they are not spiritual. So that's why they are saying that. But usually we do the, the, the church one just to release blessings upon the, 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 the bride and all of that. And also, also for the fans' sake, that you may kiss your bride and the best man and all those crazy things, the nice, nice things. Uh -huh. But So these are the three ways people get married. And I'm saying that the reason it's difficult to marry in this part of the country, is because, in this part of the world, is because we have to do all the three. Right? In the Western view, that's why you can see a white. Look, in Ghana, you can't have a wedding with just this number of people. Hey, your friends will see you. Your friends what? <laughs> your friends will see you. Your own uncle you don't know exists. Your uncle's daughter's brother. <laughs> or your uncle's daughter's friend. 
Do you understand? I mean, abusia long hands. They will get angry that you married and you didn't bring them. But you know what? They are just coming to give you one CD. <laughs> and come to fight and complain why you didn't cook food for them. Why you didn't what? When I pray to marry, I told my mom that tell them that I'm not cooking any food for anyone. So if they know they are coming to eat food, they shouldn't come. They shouldn't come. You'll be there. Maybe you, your family members will say, hey, you, this guy, Omadie. <laughs> are you with me? So these are the three ways we get married or people get married. Okay. The civil way. You can do the civil marriage when you are done. Especially sometimes I, I, when we were praying to marry, we met someone, some people were like 40 and 50 years. <laughs> oh, grandpas, they were now married. Now, it's not that they were now married. Even when they came there, their children were with them. <laughs> Now, the reason is maybe they've lived together, but maybe one is traveling abroad and other, you know, all those things. So you have to come to the court and now marry. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So the civil one, you can do the civil one and you're married. You can do the civil one and you're married. You're married, you're married, and God knows that you're married. The civil one, uh -huh. you're married. But because we are in Africa, you have to do all the three or do the two. If not, you know how things go. Do you understand? Now, Marriage is the first institution God ordained before any other thing. And that is why it is so important. Now, the marriages we are seeing in the 21st century are strange. Not to say that many years ago, the marriages we had were that good. They were not that good. Okay. I can tell you what history has taught. When you read history, you will find out that about 100 years ago and above, women were treated like animals. That was not marriage. So when we go back 100 years ago and we look at now, it looks like marriage has just been a crazy thing all over the years. Are you with me? That. A man will marry a woman or a man will bring a woman to the house and doesn't talk to the woman. They will do it up the woman and just cook. Just do what? Cook and give birth and have sex. But that is not what God ordained marriage to be. And in the 21st century now, it's even, it's, even, it's, even, it's even bad. And the reason is because a lot of people go into marriages without knowing what marriage is for. What marriage is what? So, like I told you the other time, somebody gets married because he, he sees that I'm coming from a poor family. Let me just marry somebody so that, you know, he'll come and take care of my family. <laughs> Do you see that? But that's a bad reason to marry. Well, after a while, the man or the woman, whoever, whichever one of them is rich, will look at your life and find out that you have not made too much investment in their lives. And that is what actually usually compels a lot of men and women to go behind their husbands and their wives. Because after a while, they look at you and they say that this person is married, I've not seen anything good. I've only been investing into your family, taking care of all your family members. You, which of my family members have you also helped? You, what have you ever done for me? And you two, you look around and see that it's true. Me, I've not done anything. You see that. So I'm saying that marriage has a purpose. It has what? And the ultimate purpose of marriage is to fulfill a divine assignment. But I want to give you six of these 
purposes of marriage. The first purpose of marriage is companionship. Companionship. Genesis 2, 18 says, It is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. He says, I will make him a helper. Now, the word, the, 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 the word, it is not good, or the, the phrase, not good for the, for the man to be alone, is a statement, or a statement of a problem of companionship that the man is alone in his, his assignment. The man is alone in his life. The man is alone in his house. And when you are not married, just go to work and come back and Charlie, your head is like a, a, a monkey's head. Oh. How, many people are, how many people have been there before? You have been there. Oh. You can travel and come back and you are just exhausted. You wish that maybe somebody would be there just for you to chat with the person, you know, and the person will ask you, how was your day? At least something. Somebody you can watch TV with or laugh with or something. Do you see that? Or somebody sometimes when you are lazy, you want the person to do something for you and you realize that Charlie... You rather have to tell your, your other self, yourself, to go and do it for you. <laughs> have you been there? Now, that is the re- that's the first reason why marriage was, was ordained. Companionship. Somebody say companionship. Now, what is companionship? Companionship refers to friendship. Friendship. That, not to say that you don't really have friends. But you see, when it is night time, all your friends go back to their homes, don't they? Don't they? Yeah. All your friends go back to their home. They say, oh, Charlie, I'm going to coffee. Then before you realize, a few of them will say, okay, I'm sleeping here tonight. Tonight we are just playing. Maybe you are watching a movie, then you finish and you, are, you all sleep together. Or maybe you went to um, college together, so you used to sleep together. But after a while, life will just separate all of you, won't it? Yeah. And you find out that your friend is somewhere, you are also somewhere. But marriage is that system God has ordained that when you are going to China, your life partner goes to China. Are you with me? When you are going to Bungurugu Yoyo, there is a, a certain human being who goes with you. Are you with me? Or you, are, you have gone to, to, to... God has ordained something that when you go through tough times and in difficult seasons, there's one particular human being that is with you in that situation. And that person is called your spouse. And in that system is what we call companionship. Somebody say companionship. Companionship. Emostrate. Come two work together except they be agreed. Can two work together except they be agreed? I think I talked about that the other time when I was teaching on the part one. It's not true. Except they be agreed. For companionship to be seen in marriage, the two people must agree. They must agree that we want to help each other build something for ourselves. We want to help build something for ourselves. Want to help ourselves live together, eat together, sleep together, travel together, do things together. That is companionship. Point two. 
I wish I had a keyboard play in the background. Point two. Are you ready for point two? Enjoyment. Hey. Say I'll be there. Hebrews 13.4. Oh, no, no. He will play it on the keyboard. He will play it on the, the distance. Marriage is honorable in all. Marriage is honorable in all. And the bed kept or undefiled. But war mongers and adulterers, God will judge. Now, the word marriage is honorable or the word honorable there also means precious. Somebody say precious. Now, or it means special. Marriage exists for enjoyment. What? In other words, pleasure. Say pleasure. Now, by pleasure, we are not just talking about um, sex. We are talking about something that goes beyond that. There is a feeling, there is a way a person feels when he knows that there is somebody that I've been bound with for the rest of my life. There is a feeling he gives. That's when you attend certain marriage, even if you attend a thousand weddings, you find out that at every wedding you become emotional. Many people are like that. At every wedding you feel like crying or something. But you don't know that. Maybe those two people may go back and be fighting and beating each other. One. But... When you are at a wedding, you feel emotional because two distinct individuals have decided that they are coming to become one person to enjoy life together. Are you with me? So, the pleasure or the enjoyment I'm talking, I'm talking about here is enjoying life together. Enjoying life together. And that's why people get married who, I mean, the man is advancing, but the woman is just there, or the woman is advancing, the man is just there. After a while, there becomes a gap in the marriage. There's a gap that comes into the marriage that cannot be filled because the two people, one has gone and leave the other. And that's why in marriage, the more you become spiritual, the more you are praying, the more you should be advising your wife to pray the more you should make sure your wife is praying so that they don't come a point in your marriage where there is a gap between your spirituality and the spirituality of your spouse. It is actually, that we, it, it is actually the reason why two individuals who are married cannot sit down and say, want to give 1,000 cities or even 500 cities to church. Do you know why? Because one person has grown spiritually and the other is dead. Because when one was going to church, the other was in the house and the other didn't even bother to say, let's go to God together. Are you following me? And I'm talking to you because you will be married and find out that maybe you may be in the same church or in the same ministry with your wife or with your husband. And that's why I tell people that are married that, you see, you should both have common experiences. You should both have what? Common, because the common experience the two of you have allows you to enjoy life and enjoy marriage together. It gives you 
a lot of things to talk about. Most of the time, the reason why you find two or more people or two people married together and there's not much communication in the marriage because they are not common experiences. The man is a medical doctor. He goes to work about 12 hours a day. By the time he's back, everyone is tired. The woman is also maybe a nurse or something or a teacher or some engineer. So the two of them have nothing in common. So when they come, they just maybe they may just sleep or something and make children and something. And that's just it. No, after a while, that marriage is bound to crash because they are not common experience. And that is why in such a marriage, it is advisable that they once in a while go and leave and travel to a place to be together. Leave their children away and go and be together. If not that marriage, it is ready to crash. Without common experiences in marriage, that marriage, it will not last. It will not last. Because when you say that, what will you talk about? It will just be concern. It won't be concern. It will just be, oh, the government have done this. The government have done this. The government, you may never talk about anything you went and saw together, you experienced together four years ago, seven years. There's nothing to talk about because every time the two of you are individual, everyone is busy. The man is busy, the wife is busy, the children are busy, everyone is busy. I think the family should be changed to be called the business family. Everyone is busy. The busyness. Are you here? You have gotten angry, you have gone home. You are in the house drinking tea, eh? Or you are here. I'm saying that the second purpose of marriage is enjoyment. And enjoyment is achieved when there is a common experience. When the two people decide that we want to experience certain things together, one does not grow and leave the other. One does not become rich and leave the other. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why if one of you is getting, is, has gotten a breakthrough, you are getting richer, you should make sure that your spouse also enters into a business or does something so that while you are advancing financially, the man is also advancing. If not, a time will come, one will become bitter because one gets money and keeps it because... I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But when the two of you keep advancing, you are, you are getting money, you advance, you open a shop for your wife. You, once in a while you say, oh, take this money and add it to your business. In that way, the two of you are having common experiences. The two of you are advancing in life so that it doesn't look like only um, the man or the... This is why, this is why, this is, listen, this is why um, a man can take his wife to school. Let's say a man who is a carpenter has married a wife. Only a few... People who have not been to school, sorry, don't get offended. Or if they have done that, your sister or your brother or your uncle or yourself. If one has not, a man, I'm using a man. A man has not been to school that much. He takes his wife to school, go to a nursing school. After school, they leave them. It's not true. A lot of people take their wives to school and after school, they leave them. Do you know why? It is because of common experiences. It's not because one is wicked. It's not because women are wicked. Men are wicked more than women. Yeah. A man does not voice his intention before he see he has done it. A woman will cry. A woman will, will nag. You are not doing this for me. You are not. A man will not. He will just be there before you realize he has gone to take an alternative solution. And I'm saying that a lot. How many people don't you know who men you do? I, every man I know who took his wife to school, their wife has left. The, the, or his girlfriend, she has left. Or maybe you know one that the, the, took their wife to school and afterwards everything was fine. You know one. Me, I don't know one. 
And I've been preaching for a long time. I've counseled a lot of people. And I'm saying that all of them. Do you know why? Because of common experiences. After one, one finds, one, one finds out that ah, it looks like I'm higher and ahead than the other. And one begins to bully the other in the marriage. So you find out that the man or the woman, one who feels like he is now an MP and you are just a housewife, you feel like you are not important. He's going, he's traveling, he lives in the house. He's doing everything, he lives in the house. He's doing everything, he lives in the house. Before you realize he has a side chick, he has seven wives. And concubines. Those of you who are married and those of you who are marrying soon. I know some of you are marrying soon. See, I'll be there. You have to have a common experience with your wife and your husband. You are reading books. She's reading books. You are traveling for conferences. He's traveling for conferences. Especially sisters who marry, sisters who are spiritual. You have married somebody who is not spiritual. If you want to enjoy that marriage, you must make sure that as you advance, because listen, the person may never have an idea of what it means to love God. And it will cost you. It will cost you every, all your life. It will cost you. Because one is a thousand years away in spirituality. Another is now still a thought line. is trying to figure out even why he should even give one city in church. Or why should I even pray? What is the importance of praying? Well, let me tell you a story. Two people, one brother, one daughter of mine was dating a, a young man who he loved God in a way, but he just had. Now, the sister was light years ahead of the man in terms of spirituality and the things of God. And the guy was always having problems with giving. And the guy is a pastor. <laughs> His father planted the church and died and left the church for the, the, the family. So he was now running the home. It was a home church. But it was a church, a home church. So they were doing it in their house. They are rich. So they had a big house with a, a church, a tent church in the house. And this guy has a problem with giving. And the sister, she has given her way from Sunday school to tertiary and beyond. So she's not just the kind that comes to church and they are nagging about giving thousands. She gives in thousands of cities. Are you with me? She has given, I mean, and God has blessed her. Then a the time came. One time they were chatting. They said, I mean, when I, when I start, you know, now I want to make sure that every month this amount of money is going to the work of ministry to missions and orphans. And the guy said, no. They were preparing to marry you. And the guy said, no. I won't agree. We have to, you know, we have to build. They say, yeah, we are, we, are, we are both rich. We can build. We can build without this percentage of money going to the minimum. Can't we do it? We can do this without it. And the guy said, no. And he said, if that is the case, we can't continue this marriage. And they ended the relationship. He said, we can't continue. We can't continue. Yeah. Just like that. A year later, a year later, the guy came back, was begging, and said, now I whatever, I understand. I said, no, please, it's, it's late. 
I've already found another fine boy who is better. And we are married. And they are marrying soon. I think they are marrying in March next year or something. Because if, if not, you will marry and your spouse has a problem with your spirituality. Why are you always having conference in your church? Why are you? But your husband doesn't or your wife doesn't ask you why you go to work and close. You go to work 7 a.m. and close at 4. Eh? No. But if you go to just as, I mean, there is no church. I don't know. Unless the church is a prayer meet, a prayer church. Should I even say prayer church? A prayer camp. Every sound church doesn't have services every week. Every sound church doesn't do that. It's just like twice a week. Every sound church. When the church is big, then there will be women's meeting, women's, and even that one crowd. Every big church, it's like you go to church twice every week. It's not true. It is when maybe there's a crusade or there's a revival. We are having a five days, 21 days. That it will happen that you have to do. And after that 21 days, until another year. But you marry and find out that one spouse has a problem. Do you know why? Because the two of you did not grow together. You are listening to Sam. I'm hammering on this thing because it is collapsing a lot of marriages. You are listening to someone you call her, hello, sweetheart. I've gotten a new sermon of... Um, AFM is powerful power. Listen to it. It's on prayer. So the mystery you learned about prayer, she, the, the person doesn't know it. Are you here with me or you, don't, you are not with me? Or you are angry? Are you here with me? Common experiences. The first time I, I, I flew in a plane, I came back and I said, I'm taking you there. I'm taking you where? Ah, the next week I booked a plane ticket for her. I said, yeah, we are going. <laughs> Are you with me? The first time I took a place, ah, I said no. I said we are, I came back and said ah. I said we are. Go- I'm going back to Accra. I'm going with you. Let's go. Common experiences. Sometimes I say, "Have you been here?" He said no. One time I went somewhere with her. I said, "Have you been in an elevator before?" She said no. I said, "Let's go to an elevator." I walked into the elevator. We entered the elevator. I pressed ping. I said, "Let's go up." We went up. We came out. I said, "Have you seen it?" Let's go back inside. Ping. Then we came. I said, "Now you have been in an elevator. Let's go." <laughs> One day, you know, <laughs> in the future, we may just look at that time and we'll be laughing over. I said, "Ah." <laughs> It's not like we went there to do, we just, we're just having a nice time in the hotel. And I said, let's go there. I'm taking you there. Let's go. I held a hand. And I dragged her into the, the elevator. We went up. We came out so that it wouldn't be like we just, we came out. I said, have you seen it? We have come topo. Let's go back inside again. <laughs> went back inside. Then I pressed a pin. Then we came down. Same as a common experience. <laughs> Say, I'll be there. <laughs> Are you with me or you are you are saying things in your ears? Especially and most of the times, a lot of marriages keep going down. I'm still in the six reasons, so a lot of marriages keep going down because the man feels like the woman's duty is to be cooking the house. That's all. Because the man grew up seeing that all his mother did was just cook and stay in the house. He's advancing, he's traveling, he's doing this, he's doing that. He said, no, we stay here. No, stay here. No, stay here. 
you will not enjoy life like that. You will not. I'm telling you this. Because by the time when you're 50, say, you will regret all your... You may build mansions, but you regret. You regret. You will regret that the most important person God ever gave to you, all the powerful and the most enjoyable moment, the person was not there. That's what you regret. You regret that every time something happened to you, the person was not there. And you wonder, you feel like, ah, how is it that the first time I went here, this person was not there. The first time I did this, this person was not there. The first thing, this, you find all your memories, the person is not there. You wonder, how is it that this person was not in all my memories, but all that time I was married to the person. You say, yes, because you were a fool. You were what? You were a fool. By the time you are in your 60s, eh, you should be sitting and holding your wife's hand and be enjoying life and be reminiscing on the past. And in those days back, 20 years ago, um, 40 years ago, you remember when we went there? You remember when? That, that's why all these are old people. Is that not what they discuss every now and then? <laughs> there was a man. Say one day, there was a man who was married to his wife for about 70 years, and he discovered he was angry. He said he's divorcing his wife. He said, I ne why did you betray me? And they asked him why. He said, I never knew you were a Manchester United fan. Uh, and the man was a, an Arsenal or a Chelsea fan or something. But you know the interesting thing about the woman? Every time they were playing a match, um, I mean, the husband, let's say if the husband was Chelsea, the woman was supporting. <laughs> so for 70 years of marriage, the man has never known that the team that the husband hates so much is the wife's team. Although one day he was going through the wife's and found stickers and, and other things. Of, ah, what a betrayer. We are divorcing. <laughs> but, 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 but that's a good wife. Oh. Common experiences. Are you with me? <laughs> Common experiences. You, your husband saw first as now you, you are saying that me, I like Chelsea. You have issues in your marriage. I'm telling you this. You have issues. Even based on football. If the two of you are serious, if the two are you listening to me? Your husband is like MPP or NDC. Huh? You have issues. I'm telling you. Your husband is MPP or NDC. One day you have an issue on it. You have an issue on it. I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. And that is why a marriage is all about compromise. I was chatting with my wife recently about some people who misbehave in relationships towards marriage. And I said, I said, you see, all these things are because people are willing to compromise to marry. He said, for this cause shall a man, he said, it is no good for the man to be alone. Therefore, I'll make a help me. The next verse said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and the two shall become one. Some people marry when they are not willing to compromise on certain things. A woman who thinks that a man should never instruct her or tell her anything to do because she feels like if a man instructs her, 
It's a sign that she is small. Ah. Uh, but when your headmaster is telling you to go and teach, <laughs> you don't say you are small. Are you with me? <laughs> but the person that you are going to raise children with, build together, live together, love with, that kind of woman who does not want to compromise to listen to a man, instruct her, will not have a successful marriage. Again, you will find a man who also feels like he's too big. To what? Too big because in his house he was some important brother of Jesus or something. An important brother of Jesus. So he's too big that he cannot be told that, you know, this thing you're doing, it won't help you. Because that's how women usually advise you. Just say it in a calm way. They don't get away, you men. That's just how you are. Before you realize he has had an accident crash. So you must be willing to compromise on certain things that you think are, that's me. You hear people say, me, that's how I am. That's how I am. You must be willing to compromise on certain that's how I am in order to be able to enjoy marriage with your spouse. Are you with me? Yeah. You are marrying somebody, let me give you an example. You are marrying somebody who likes watching movies or football. And you, 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 all your life you have hated football. You must find a way. You must find a way. Or you are marrying a footballer and you say you don't like football. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are marrying a footballer, you say you don't like football. You are marrying a pastor, you say you don't like going to church. <laughs> you marry a pastor, you, say, you will go to work, church, I and die. Eh? You will go to church, I and die. The day your head, even this side of your ear is paining, you will go to church. The day you don't feel like going to church, you will go to church. The day you, are, you just gave birth, cry, if care is not taken, you will carry the baby and go to church. If it rains, you will go to church. If the sun is hot, you will go to church. You don't like going to church, you want to marry a pastor. <laughs> huh? If there is imputer on your road, you will still go to church. If you throw in your you still go to church. So what's the point two? Enjoyment. Enjoyment. Like I enjoy life with your wife. Oh. Hmm. If not one day you regret. Point three. Completeness. The third purpose of marriage is completeness. 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 Genesis 2.23. It is 2.23. In the 2.18, it said that 2.23. Is it that? Okay. In the 218, he says that he said that it is not good for the man to be alone. In other words, the man is lacking in some things because he doesn't have a certain person with him. 
he is not complete. So the moment Adam saw the woman, he said, this now is, is it not true? Yeah. This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of me. This is now what? Bone of my bone. What does it mean? This means that now this person has become a part of me. That part of me that was missing. I couldn't find it. I have found it now. It was that statement God was saying, the man being alone is not a good thing. So marriage exists to fulfill a divine assignment of emptiness. Of emptiness. The man and the woman are supposed to be together to complete one another. In other words, you will find a man, I have a friend, if you enter his room, everything is scattered. Everything is scattered. The water he drank two months ago is lying here. The bottle, his boxer is here. His fan is, is in the wrong place. The iron he just ironed in place by the TV is lying there. Every place in his room is scattered. It's like you have entered the baller. You have, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Are you with me? I got my line. My line. I'm not lying. Because you know him. Yeah, I went with you to his place some time ago. Now, that man is lacking in something. Are you with me? He's lacking what? In something. What he needs, anytime I go there, I say, I say, you, need, you, need, you really need to marry. So that someone will come and tidy this room for you. He's lacking in something. And that something is someone who will come and complement. Complement your weaknesses. That person comes to fill in that gap. Are you with me? The parts, the things you cannot do, that person comes in to get them done. And anytime I enter, I say, you really need to marry. I know that if Mrs. come, Mrs. will clean this place and make it look nice. Are you with me? Now, don't say that, eh, then it's a yastic for you to be throwing everything in your room around because you are waiting to marry so that your wife will come and take or your husband will come and do that for you. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> are you with me? <laughs> I, 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 I know a woman who is like a man. I know a woman who is like what? And her husband is like a woman. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? That's what we are talking about, completeness. And if you hear her, their story, it's so interesting. <laughs> are you with me? Even just picking a hammer to go and hit a nail so that they will hang something there. The, man, hey, be what, be what the woman does all of that. <laughs> so this man is, and it's not like say he's been a mommy's boy. Some people are just genetically some way. And he doesn't look like a woman as well. It's not that Barbie, man, but they... When he's acting, you feel like he's rather the female. And, and because of that, the woman he's married to is also like a man. Um, she even drives motorking, motorking. <laughs> Are you with me? She can drive a motorking. <laughs> Have you seen a woman driving a motorking before? That, that woman can drive a motorking. Okay? Now, that is completeness. 
If you meet the man and you meet the woman, you feel ah, be my be. No, it is fulfilling a divine agenda, a completeness. That this man knows that if it were left, there are some men they can't make decisions. They can't even make a decision on what to even. He has common toothbrush to buy. He doesn't know whether to buy the green or the white. He will sit down and if you are not even careful, you will cry over buying green or white toothbrush. And those men need to marry a woman who is hard, who is willing to say, hey, lie down, sit down, hey, sit. In that marriage, the woman is not a man. No. It is completeness. It is what? It is completeness. I was counseling two people. One lady said, hey, I can't marry this guy. He's so soft. He's just too gentle. He's too... And that lady too, she's like a liar. She's like what? I said, you, God is saving you marital breakdowns by giving you this gentleman. He's just too nice. He's like Jesus Christ's brother. He's too nice and gentle. I said, you, if you leave this man, anyone you marry, if he's not like this man, you have marital breakdowns. Because you, you are, you are hard. When you are baby and near the he says, be man and he says, Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like post repair. Is it not true? Like post repair. Like Paul's, they, they do what? They repel. And marriage exists for completeness. Complete what? Complete what? For instance, my mother is here. She will tell you. I have never liked food in my life. Never what? I have never liked food in my life. They had to beat me to eat. Have you had a child or a brother that they beat to eat? Me. They beat me to eat. <laughs> oh, me, I didn't have a problem with bathing, but eating was a problem for me. Oh, me, the bathing, I didn't have a problem. But eating. I grew up hating f- food. And because of that, cooking is also something that, it's not that I can't cook, because I was the firstborn. I learned how to do everything, including bathing babies. I can bath babies. Yeah. I, I, me, I, I was trained like a lady. I was trained. I can do everything. Every, every not, there's nothing that you say that. I, I, but I, because I didn't like food, I hate cooking as well. I do what? So even cook to eat myself, for me to cook and eat myself, like, if you have a no idea, no all these bones are not because in my family they are Mr. Bones. So look at my mother. Is my mother Mr. Bones? When my father was here, was he Mr. Bones? <laughs> but, but now craft increase in size is not true. <laughs> but now when I married, before you realize I'm maybe on a book or I'm on the computer or something, before you realize someone is forcing, the food is ready. <laughs> the food is ready. You have to come and eat. Hey, Mr. Felix, the food is ready. Hey, the food is ready. Hey, the food is ready. And I have to get up and angrily come and sit down. <laughs> and it's, that's how my, now my mfuno has come to and now I've become a bit something. If not, by very soon you not be any old pastor is having stomach cancer and other things. But it is completeness. That is what marriage exists to do. Are you with me? And that's why when me too, I set out to marry, I didn't go to marry a lazy person or somebody who doesn't like cooking. I, I observe all those things, oh. Yeah. 
I found out that this one likes cooking. The first time I asked, what's your hobby? He said, cooking. I said, ah, we are done. I'll marry you. <laughs> I said, what is your hobby? She said, what do you like doing? I said, cooking. I said, ah, I found it. I have found it. <laughs> Whether she's black or white, <laughs> she's Asian. I don't care. <laughs> I have found it. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, I said, ah, finally complete. Now I found it. <laughs> I have found the one I'm looking for. My, my, I found the bone of my bone and the, the flesh of my flesh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Completeness. Marriage is for completeness. The things you couldn't do, you find out your spouse knows how to do them and, and does them better. There are certain, certain things I found out that if you even have to say that you will pay my wife to do, she won't do. If you say, I want to pay you to do this thing, she will not do. She'll be there. Uh, before you realize it is, it is done. It is not done. It is not done. It is undone. And they are the things that me to I do. If there are something she wants to do, you say, I say ah, so this thing too you can't do. You say, ah, I can't do it. I say, ah, you can't do this thing. It is completeness. It is what? It is completeness. Completeness. If you find that you have a problem of indecisiveness, you need a spouse who is hard on making decisions to complete you. If not, it will take you 70 years for the two of you to agree to marry. Just simply agreeing to marry crime. Because the two of you, you will be together because this one, the male, every decision another person has to make. The female to every decision another. So they, for them to both make the decision to marry, other external parties have to now agree that you people have to marry, you people have to. And even them marry on that day at the altar, they'll be like, ah, are you sure we want to be? We have to marry. <laughs> They need a decision timetable. Are you with me? So marriage exists for what? For completeness. Your spouse exists to complete you. The person you marry is supposed to come and complete your life. Come and do what? Complete your life. The Bible says that to one shall chase a thousand and two shall chase 10,000. It means that what two can do, one cannot do. The God kind of marriage, I'm not saying the Christian kind of marriage, I'm saying the God kind of marriage will do 10,000 things. Because these days, people come and stand before the altar and they marry but their lives are not depicting anything of marriage. Nothing. And you will see unbelievers married and they are fulfilling and doing big things and you find Christians married and their marriage is in shambles. Now when two people are married, they are supposed to conquer 10,000. When the two of them do not agree, they are not together, 8,000 is against them. In other words, like you have gone to take a loan of 10,000 CDs. Eh? And the loan says that you can pay when the two of you are together. If the two of you are not together, 
you are owing 8,000 cities. So if I'm coming to pay, I have to, I cannot pay. And so, when you decide that you want to marry, you are deciding to complete another man. Not to compete with another man. Marriage is not about who is nicer than the other. Spouses who are competing. I'm nicer than my husband. How can a man be nicer than a woman? Why do we both have different qualities and different faces? Different foreheads? <laughs> or compete in terms of I have more money than my wife. I have more money than my husband. I'm richer than my husband. How can you say that in marriage? How can you say that in marriage? How can you say that in marriage? That you're richer than your wife. How can you say that in marriage? How? How? It's a competition. Rather than completion, you are competing. Are you here with me? Are you following me or you are you are you are thinking now? You are somewhere. Completion. You are you exist to complete one another. Complete one another. Complete one another. But these days, eh, before people marry, they have all kinds of selfish ambitions. Rather than entering into marriage to help someone become better. They are entering the marriage to rather for someone to help them become better. Are you with me? And that's why you find people nagging and complaining even when they are dating. You are not calling me. You are not calling me. And I, you are not. Have you heard those things? You've got two selfish people who have decided they want to settle down. Two selfish people. Two selfish people. Two selfish people. If I want to talk about this thing, this relationship thing, right? a lot of people who hear this audio will get offended. Yeah. Even the last month, the first one, I had to remove some things from the audio because if some pastors had heard it, they would have said that this guy, if we get it, we'll give him blows. I had to remove some things from the audio. Yes, I can confirm this year. This year, my boy. Are you with me? Point what? Point four. The fourth purpose of marriage is fruitfulness and reproduction. Fruitfulness and reproduction. Fruitfulness and reproduction. In Genesis 128, God said to the man and the woman, be fruitful and multiply. And so, it is when he said this that the next chapter he said it is not good for him to be alone. In other words, to be fruitful and multiply, you must be, you must be married. Because one man cannot reproduce. Even in science, there are um, 
plants that are hermaphroditic in nature. Hey, unless you have never heard it before. Then you didn't do, when they were teaching it, you were sleeping in class. There are plants that are hermaphrodites. Like you can find a plant that has both the male and the female um, organs, or what's, what's the name? Gametes, yes. Both male and female. That was what I was going to say, but I thought it was not the right one. Because it's been a long time since I did biology. The male and the female gametes on the same plant, okay? And even with that one, there must be a female reproductive organ on that plant before it can reproduce. In other words, one entity cannot reproduce. One entity cannot reproduce. Are you following what I'm saying? And so, that is one of the reasons God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Why? Because if the man is alone, reproduction will not be possible. Fruitfulness will not be possible. A lot of things cannot be done. And because of that, the man must have a help meet. In fruitfulness, we are talking about fulfilling God's agenda. Even as I'm doing ministry and I'm flourishing in ministry, it's not just that I'm just get up and I'll just get up. But because someone is with me and the person does something and that's why I'm able to do another thing. Are you with me? Are you with me? So the reason why there's fruitfulness in marriage or I'm not talking about the marriage growing per se. I'm not talking about marriage fruitfulness or but marriage leading to fruitfulness in your workplace, fruitfulness. Because listen, even when you are having a good marriage, when, when your spouse is supporting you, eh, you advance even in your workplace. You advance in your academics. You advance in your finances. Is not true? It is true. It is true. You are doing a business, you find out that oh, your husband or your wife is, is, is sponsoring, is in, and, and is always calling, hey, have the customers come, have this come. It boosts you to be successful. That's what we are talking about. We are talking about fruitfulness. That whatever the, the, my hands begin to touch, because my marriage is good, that thing begins to multiply. So even when I fall down, I have someone who lifts me up, who says that, you know what, you've made a mistake. This business or this thing you decide you want to, this church or this ministry you decided to do, it didn't work. Let's go on and work on another one. It'll work. That's what God said. It is not good for the man to be alone. So fruitfulness in terms of making whatever thing the two of the people involved are doing to flourish. Are you with me? Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. The moment I marry my wife, I say, you have to go to school. Eh? We married in December, in January, she had already bought phone, she was going. I said, you have to go to school. Now she told me when she's done with this one, she won't go again. I said, well, you'll go again. <laughs> I said, you'll go again. If we have to drag you to the classroom every day, we will do it for you to go again. <laughs> yeah, she said, this course there, Charlie, I won't do it again. After this one, I'm not going. I said, ah, you will go again. You do what? <laughs> you go again. she was not married, did you think that she might have considered going? She wouldn't. Fruitfulness. 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 And by reproduction, we're talking about reproduction in terms of having children. 
Okay. If God had not instilled, instilled uh, had not made a woman, Adam would have just been, we wouldn't have been here today. Is it not true? We wouldn't have been here today. It would have just been Adam walking all over the face of the earth till today. <laughs> it would have been only Adam. So marriage exists to reproduce and multiply a divine assignment. That is why when pastors give birth and their children become pastors, people are offended and complaining. But when despite gave birth and his children were also into business, nobody says it's family business. It's not true. Don't we have teachers who send their... Lady V, wasn't your father a teacher? Are you not a teacher? Is it family business? It is what we call reproducing yourself in your children. So if you're a wise man, you don't just die with your wisdom, you reproduce your wisdom in your children. If your community knew you as a man of wisdom, as a man of stamina, as a man of God's grace, as an anointed man, where is the, reprodu- where is the next anointed man we know? Then we know that he has children and he has raised his children after the way he lived his life. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you here with me? Oh, you have gone home. And so, marriage exists for reproduction, and the reproduction we are talking about is reproducing human beings to fulfill an assignment. And robbers give birth, and they make sure their children also become an robbers. It's not true. Here in Kotokrum, I knew a woman who was an, who was an robber. She also used to deal with we and, and all of those things. She was there. Everyone knew her. They called her something. I've forgotten her name. What's the name? Ah, I don't know. Oh, you say it and the woman will come and attack you. <laughs> but I found out that recent, some time ago her children died or something. I don't, I don't know. Something like that happened. Oh, aha, Rasta woman. Yes, Rasta woman. All her children were also be smokers and, and like that. All, all her children. She reproduced herself in her children. In other words, every grace God has given to you, he has also given you an ability with it before you were born to multiply your wisdom in your children, to multiply your strategies in your children, to multiply your humility in your children. That's why when you have a child and the child misbehaves, suddenly you tap the child and say, hey, don't do that. What are you doing? You are trying to say, this is not how I am humble. This is not how to be humble. When parents begin to instruct their children, they are instructing them to become like them and become better than them. It's called reproduction. Reproduct. Some parents, all they know is, I've given birth. I don't care what happens to my child. That's animalic. It is what? Even animals produce their children after them. Have you seen an eagle that doesn't know how to fly before? Have you seen an eagle that doesn't know how to fly before? Have you seen a duck that doesn't know how to swim before? Have you seen a goat that doesn't know how to be stubborn before? Have you seen a goat that is not stubborn before? Because even a goat teaches the little kid how to be stubborn. By the time the kid comes, you know how they're able to gallop and jump around and do some stubborn things. It's called reproduction. My children will not just be footballers. They will become preachers. They will become what? They will be preachers. They may go to the... That's what we are a family school. There you will go. But you will use this for anything that much. Now they are also blessed because by the time they, 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 they begin to grow, their father is already rich. They already come into a rich family. It's not true. Like me, I've already said that. Oh, you school didn't know they are over cool. Now, by age money, they wouldn't need that. 
you'll be doing ministry and I'll say, oh, I've opened this shipping business for you, it's yours. While you're doing ministry, you just have your shipping business. As though you have opened a supermarket for you, it's a, it's a mall. You have a mall, you, this is your mall. See, I'll be there. Are you me there? The Bible says a good father leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You should be blessed enough that by the time your children are 18 years old, you already have businesses and lands and say, oh, I have this land. Do you see this land? It's yours. Do you see this? So that your children can have peace of mind even while they are growing. So that they don't have to think, hey, so I to, this life is also going to beat me like this. It's me so me No. Reproduce yourself in your children. Pastors, kids who don't want to be pastors, the problem with their, is with their father. It's not the devil. You hear, so for my, so for my, my stop, but you know, create a sofuna, a soft adding, a sofuna, a sofuna. It is the responsibility of the man or the parents to raise their children after them. Again, let me give you another example. You hear people say, a teacher for Madia Bong, and yen no crow, a teacher for no now, when you're responsible enough to train their children to be intelligent. Why are you teaching other people's children and when you come home, you sleep? Have you not seen that before? You can find out that if teachers, most teachers don't teach their children in the house. So the child grows up dunderhead and goes to school, dunderhead and grows. As a teacher, you must teach your children. If you want your children, if you're a teacher like Kalesh, you, you are a teacher, so if you want your children to be sharks, while they are small, you should be giving them dictionaries to read. Dictionary. You have a dictionary, read. Take this book, read it. He said, I said, read it. Now they may not understand, but they don't know that the books they are reading are expanding their mind. It is expanding their brain. I can tell you that. Eh? As at the time I was even in KG2, I was reading dictionaries. KG2, I remember. I was in barracks. I was reading. My father had a dictionary he gave to me. And every day when I come back from school, you open and say, pronounce these five words. Every day I was pronouncing books in, diction in a dictionary. As at the time I was in KG2. KG1. And you, you are in... <laughs> you don't even have, you have never opened a digital. The day you open a digital was when you were in the SHS, they said, go and do some assignments. Your phone, you don't have a dictionary on your phone. And you get up and say, teachers, children, they, they are not intelligent at all. It's not that teachers are not intelligent. And you know, the father was irresponsible, that's all. The father was irresponsible. Why are you teaching other people's children you are not teaching your children? Why? So marriage, somebody say marriage, exists for reproduction and fruitfulness. Point five. Marriage, the purpose of marriage is protection. 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 There are a lot of things that are in need of men. And men seek for safety. It is a need. Safety is a need of every man. 
Every man wants to feel safe. Every man wants to sleep and wake up from a nightmare and find out that at least it's not a ghost in the room, a human being in the room asking, oh, you had a nightmare. Oh, that's, that's fine. Please, please relax and sleep. Marriage exists for protection. The man protects the woman. The woman protects the man. Protection in terms of one. Protection physically from physical abuse. Protection from physical abuse. Physical what? One day you are there, somebody, you hear that, oh, somebody has insulted your wife or somebody tried to harass your wife or harass your husband. It is your responsibility to sue the person, arrest the person as a spouse. Because you exist to protect your spouse. Are you with me? Some co-worker in the workplace like misbehaving and bullying your wife. You should walk there and give them a warning. And say, if I hear you have done this to my wife again, I'm coming back here with the police. Protection from physical abuse. From what? There are people who have their sisters and, you know, brothers who try to sometimes bully their spouses and they are there and they are like, oh, so you leave your sister to come and beat your wife. Thank God I don't have elder sisters. I would have finished you. I'll do what? I'll finish you. I hear families where maybe elder sister, elder brother comes to the house and tries to misbehave. Say, And I'm like, if I... That's why I'm not in this family. You marry. You do what? You marry your husband. Your elder brother comes to beat your, your, your brother, your husband. This is what God did. God instituted marriage to be a form of protection from physical abuse. In the Bible, there was a guy who was called Nabal. Now, Nabal, he was called that because they said he was a fool. So whether Nabal was a nickname or something, we don't know. But he said Nabal meant a fool. But I don't know any parent who named his child a fool. So it is assumed that it was a nickname. Okay? He had a wife who was called Abigail. Now, Abigail, there was a time the Bible said David was going to kill Nabal because David saw Nabal's farm. This garden, he said, I like this garden. Please, can I have it? And he insulted David. They sent messenger. Insulted David. And David said, ah, who is that guy? I'm coming to kill him. Then Abigail brought out food, went out, met David, knelt down and begged David. David said, how can a foolish man have such a wise wife? No. 
It's not just a foolish man having a wife's wife. It is a foolish man who is married. It is a foolish man who is what? Who is married. And the wife completes him. So he's foolish and that's why he married the wife's wife. Brothers, if you know you're foolish, don't go and marry a fool. If you know you are lazy, don't marry a lazy woman. If you know you are not handsome, don't marry an ugly woman. Hey! hey. Your face is like a... Uh, as, if, as if when God was creating you, got up and ran away, he threw your nose and your nose came and hit you. He threw your, your, your ears and they came and hit you. Bang! He was not done there, some angel came and completed you. <laughs> so... I, know, I hope you know that I was just joking, right? Don't go and say that this guy is just saying something so. Now, I'm saying that Abigail rose up and protected her husband from death. Because that is what marriage exists for. Protection. She found out that, no, this is, it is my duty to arise and fight for my husband. She rose up and went to David and begged for the, the life of, 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 of him. Now, Let's say you are married, your husband has entered into a serious case and his financial something, crisis is coming. It is your duty to whether you have to go for a loan, you have to go and beg for money and settle. It is, it is your duty to. The first abuse is, is what? Physical abuse. The second abuse is, uh, the second form of protection is financial protection. That your spouse, you have come, your spouse has come to a point where, Charlie, no money, nothing. It is your duty as the husband or the wife to protect your husband or your wife financially. Don't say that it is the man who brings the money. So if you don't have money, go and work. If you don't have money, go and work. But the man already works, so go and work more. So women do that. And so men will be like, oh, didn't I give you man money last two years? Didn't I give you money? Have you finished that money? Why do I say last year? Because some men give their wife, you give his wife 20 CDs and, and waiting for the next two months before he gives and I say, oh, but I gave you 20 CDs the other time. It's a sign you don't protect your wife financially. Are you with me? Because, you see, financial protection is seen in how your wife dresses, what she uses. How your husband, your husband's dress. Some wives will never buy anything for their husband. Never. Hey. Listen, it is not only the duty of the husband to be buying clothes and shoes and footwear for the wife. It is also the wife's duty to buy for the husband. You see that, oh, your husband's phone screen is cracked. You should go and buy him one if you can. You see that he has been wearing some trousers for a long time. You say, hey, trousers, you should, he should return back from work and find out you have bought him brand new ones. It is, the, it is financial protection. Okay? The other protection is emotional protection. Emotional protection. One day you are there, somebody will agitate your wife. She wants to also go and fight. Then suddenly you have to, you don't also have to go and, have to go and join in the fight, oh. You have to say, no, 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 forget about this fool. Let's, leave him and let's go. Leave him and let's go. You are protecting your wife or your husband from emotional disturbances. 
you exist to protect your spouse from emotional disturbances. It is your duty as a spouse to calm the person down. It's not your duty to go and put more fire. I said, that guy, we have to really go and beat him more. Yeah, that guy, we have to curse him more. Hey, that, that woman, hey, you are rather putting more fire. No, that is not your duty. Said, you, pal, you allow that guy to do that to you. You, pal, you have... Hey, No, don't do that. It is not a good thing. Point what? Last point. The last point which is not the least of them, is actually even the greatest of them, is to be a type of marriage, is a type of Christ in his church. In other words, marriage is a typology of Christ and his church. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 31. Then I'm done. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. Ephesians 5, 31. By the way, today is our, our second our anniversary. But you know, we will not start celebrating. When we enter five years and about, we'll start celebrating anniversary. But today is first December, right? Yeah, two years ago, we started our church. It's a good thing for us to clap. Two years ago. Our church is two years old. Happy birthday, church. Happy birthday, church. Yeah. Have you given us a scripture? Ephesians 5. Oh. Since it's not coming, let me read it myself. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. One. Now, for this cause, Paul was talking about a great mystery. Okay? He said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Next verse. And the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Do you see that? So he's saying that a man leaving his father and his mother and going to be with his wife, he's saying it is a great mystery and he's speaking about Christ and what? And the church. Verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular do what? So love his wife even as himself. And that's the instruction. The man, the woman, must love his spouse like himself. And the wife see the husband, see that she reverence her husband. Then she went, Paul went on to talk about children obey your parents in the Lord. So marriage is a typology of Christ in the church. Christ died for his church. Christ intercedes for his church. Christ gives to his church. Isn't that true? The church obeys Christ. The church follows Christ. The church honors Christ. The church loves Christ. The man is supposed to lead his wife like Christ leads his church. The man is supposed to shield his wife like Christ shields the church. 
the man is supposed to pray for the, his wife like Christ prays for the church. The woman is supposed to submit to the man like the church submits to Christ. Marriage is a typology of Christ and the church between the marriage of Christ and the marriage of the man and his wife. And so whenever we bring people to the church to have the church wedding, the greatest thing we are doing is that we are telling people that this is what has happened. Or this is what happened when a man decides that he's accepting Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Because before a man accepts Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he is a sinner. He is going to hell. God does not like him. And if he dies in his sins, he will be judged and go to hell. But the man now has believed in the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for his sake. And that Jesus rose on the third day for his sake. And that if he believes that he's a sinner and accepts that Jesus died for his sake and renounces his former life and accepts Christ, that person will receive eternal life. When a person does this in the realms of the spirit, the man is married unto Christ. And the two become one flesh. And that's why in the salvation experience, Christ comes to live in the man and Christ becomes the man. And that's why you are called a Christian. What does it mean? It's not somebody who just serves Christ. It's somebody who Christ lives in him. So we become one flesh when we become Christians. And that's why I tell you that because of this, this understanding should keep you from sicknesses and diseases, from demonic attacks. Do you think a demon can walk up to Jesus and slap him in a dream? Why should a demon sleep, slap him in a dream? When you have become one flesh. Sometimes when Satan tries to attack you, you have to remind yourself of who you are. Unless you are wrongly motivated as a demon. I don't know which, but maybe some demons or some witch may have a bad motivation from a, a nice motivational speaker face your fears. Challenge the unchallengeable. Mount the un, unsurmountable. What else? Break the unbreakable. There's nothing you cannot do that you say you want to do. Hey, all those powerful things. <laughs> then you see a rabbit. A what? <laughs> or a monkey. Walk up to a lion after listening to a motivational speak, a speech. And then finally, I'm facing my fears. I'm taking you down. That monkey will become lunch. Will become what? Now, you have become one with Christ. Anything that cannot stop Christ should not stop you. Because you have not come to that experience of who you are in Christ and what you have become. Demons begin to molest you. You have a dream, a snake is chasing you. Have a dream. But there was a time I used to have dreams. When I have a dream, I've told that story before, haven't I? Ah, about a month. Every time I have a dream, a, a snake is chasing me. Ah, but yes. then, by the time the snake is about to bite me, then I wake, I wake up and say, ha. Ah, this snake is wild. One day, I said, tonight, 
I will bite that snake in the dream. <laughs> I will do what? Mary no maiden. Then I was walking in town before I realized I saw the snake again. What was coming, I tried to run. I was running, I was running, and then suddenly I said, No! Look at me, I have two hands. Don't I have two hands. I have a leg. Don't I have a leg. I can pick a stick. Can a snake pick a stick? And why people are afraid of snakes is because you don't know that you're a human being. It's true. Can a snake pick a stick? Can a snake jump? Can a snake. Um, pick a, bo- a blog, but you run away from something that can do all these things. I said, No, then I turned and faced the snake, it was coming. I faced it, it was coming. <laughs> By the time it did this way, it exploded boom, in the dream. Then I woke up from that day, I've never seen any snake chase me in the dream. Listen, hey, whatever could not bring, cannot bring Christ down is not permitted to bring you down. Are you with me? Sometimes when you meet people that are possessed or you come into a possessed atmosphere, you find that this place, there's demonic oppression going on in this place. Most of the time, you find that Christians rather become afraid. Do you think you can curse Jesus in heaven and Jesus? Huh? But you are in a place, ah, this place, ah, they said they have cast it. Ah. Then you start a Christian, you are afraid. You are what? Um, wait, I have a series on dealing with curses. I'm not one of those people who believe curses are not real. Me, I believe it. The Bible said the curse costless shall not come. Now, if the curse is not caused, it will not have effect. Or if the curse has a cause, it will have effect. But even if it has a cause, you can do something against when the person will curse you. And if it, by cause, I mean that, so why you nipa na di ampa ampa? No, bo di a ebe But, nipi ampa, why you nipa na di ampa ampa? Nipa na ede, bo di a. But, there is a bill out for you. There's what? So, go and listen to my message, dealing with cases. The reality of cases, there are so many series on that. But I'm saying that, you can't curse Christ. You can't do what? You can't curse Christ. And for that cause, you cannot be cursed. You cannot be down. You are not permitted to be sick. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, we are not in church. Because we have become one with Christ. We have become one with Christ. And so anytime you are faced with certain challenges in life, you should know that Christ lives in you. And there's a hope for glory. Christ lives in me. I can't fail this exam. Christ lives in me. I cannot die like a chicken. Christ lives in me. This thing cannot happen. Christ lives in me. Until you have that understanding, you are going to be back in life in so many things, even though you are an heir. Is it an heir? As long as he remains a child, different not from a servant, though he be lord of all. You can be Nanado's child and not know. If you don't know, you will live in poverty. When a leader in Ghana died, then we knew all his children who were underground. 
So we're coming, I said, he was my father, my, my mother never told me. This is, I said, so you could have all these privileges, oh, but because you didn't know, you never had them. To be Nanado's child is, has a lot of advantages it comes with. It's not true. To be a child of God has a lot of advantages it comes with. And the advantage is that whatever you see that the Bible promises that is in Christ, you can have it. Jesus healed the sick. You can heal the sick. Jesus raised the dead. You can raise the dead. Are you with me or you are gone? One time a, a child died or collapsed or whatever, I don't know. The mother said she died, but me, I don't know. I wasn't there. The mother called me and said, the child is not breathing. I was become cold, stiff. I said, really? I said, put your loudspeaker, place it on the child. I said, give me the name. I mentioned the name three times. When I left it, I said, you come back. By 30 minutes time, the child was back. Was what? Was what? This is online dead reason. Online what? Now I won't stand here and lie. I said, I said, as soon as I said that Jesus, I, I, I mentioned the name three times. He came back immediately. No. I said, just leave it there. Go and do whatever. You'll be back in the chat. Oh, why? Well, I'm crying one and nine or them. I'm crying here Or oh, one and nine. Because the Bible said Jesus raised the dead. There were times he didn't even go to the place. He sent his word. He said he sent his word and healed them of their diseases. And that's why I believe I can send you an SMS for you to receive your breakthrough. The centurion said to Jesus, he said, you know, I am a man under authority. When I say to one, go, he goes. When I say to one, come, he comes. He said, you need not come to my house. Just speak a word. He said, go, your servant is who? By the time he got home, the servants had come to tell him, oh, He's back online. He's back what? He's back online. He's back online. That is why I'm speaking to that job, that opportunity, that breakthrough you are looking for, that thing that seemed like it looks impossible. I speak to it now. It is receiving life. Receive it now. Receive it. That job opportunity you are looking for, I call it down. Ah. Maybe you should close the service. Or because today I came to preach on marriage, so you are looking at me some way. That's job opportunity you are looking for. Even if there are 200 people vying for that place, I speak as a prophet of God. They will give it to you. In the name of Jesus. Because you are married to Christ. Be on your feet and begin to pray in tongues. Three minutes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Begin to give God thanks for tonight. Papa, 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 Papa,
Now you are praying that, Lord, let my marriage be fruitful. My marriage will become a successful one. My marriage will be successful. My marriage will be successful. My marriage will fulfill God's assignment. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Demons tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Everything we said about you is great. Demons travel at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. For the mighty God we say Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Everything within, everything within about you is grace Father, we thank you for tonight we Thank you for your word that has come to us in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. I want you to sit down. If you came with your tithe, we can take your tithe. You take your offering. If you came with your tithe, so you can take it. Is there anyone who came with his tithe? Or maybe you, you also brought your harvest seed. You can take your harvest seed as well. Harvest. You can, you can put it inside.